You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. NFL teams are ready to make moves this offseason, so it's our last chance to put together a complete Chicago Bears mock offseason and look at what the full plan could look like from start to finish. This is Locked On Bears, and I'm your host, Lauren Cox. I'm an analyst for Pro Football Focus, and I'm here to bring you your daily, in-depth, Chicago Bears news and analysis. You can follow me on Twitter at Cox Sports One. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Bears. You can like Locked On Bears on Facebook or join the Locked On Bears Facebook group. On the show today, we're going through every stage of the offseason for the Chicago Bears. I'm going to take the general manager role. I'm going to restructure this Chicago Bears salary cap, try and create some room with the existing contracts, cut a few veteran players, extend a few veteran players, create as much space as I can to then re-sign my own players, including a big deal for Allen Robinson, pick up some of the depth guys set to hit the free agent open market, and still have some salary cap space left to bring in some outside players at the offensive line, in the secondary, and at quarterback before we turn to mock draft mode and go through a full seven-round mock draft to accompany the full offseason of free agent moves we decide beforehand. It's not my prediction of what exactly I think the Chicago Bears are going to do this offseason. It's more so putting myself in Ryan Pace's position. Given his uncertainty, his long-term future, given everything else surrounding this team, if I'm Ryan Pace, how am I going to go about this offseason to put this Bears team in the best position to be successful in 2021 and beyond? That's kind of the interesting dynamic here, right? Ryan Pace wanting to get this team as good as possible right now to try and save his job in the short term without completely mortgaging your future and going all in on this season to leave the team desperate and broken in the long-term future. It's a difficult balance to work here, and a lot of that starts with the contracts you already have because we start this offseason right now where we sit, even with Buster Screen already released, the Chicago Bears are currently about $7 million over the salary cap. And on yesterday's podcast with Brad Spielberger, we discussed some of the ways the Chicago Bears could save some money. And honestly, I'm going to follow a lot of those ways we discussed here. If I'm trying to get that cap number back into the positive and create some space to re-sign players and bring in outside free agents, I'm releasing Bobby Massey. As NFL Network's Ian Rappaport has said, the Bears are already planning to do. I'm also going to release Jimmy Graham because that move is going to save me $7 million, and I don't think he's going to be able to single-handedly land me Russell Wilson for reasons that we'll get to in a little while. So release Bobby Massey, release Jimmy Graham. That's about it for the actual straight-up cuts that I would make to save money. But what I would look to do is hand Kyle Fuller a contract extension, and also hand Akeem Hicks a contract extension. Nothing too crazy in terms of the long term, and we don't have to get too deep into the numbers, but just understand that when you do these contract extensions, 
essentially what it allows you to do is reduce how much you're going to pay them in this first year and then pay them more in the future years to make up for it and to kind of balance everything out to create that cap space now and hopefully fill in that cap space and pay them later when the salary cap goes up a little bit more. So I'm extending Kyle Fuller, I'm extending Akeem Hicks, and then I'm going to work some contract restructures as well, which is like an extension except instead of adding the years, I'm keeping the same number of years and just pushing the money from this year into future years. And there's some different salary cap tools to be able to move that around, but I'm going to restructure Charles Leno and save about $5 million, restructure Eddie Jackson and save about $5 million, and restructure Cody Whitehair, save about four. I'm, I'm intentionally kind of glossing over the numbers here. You don't need all of the specifics, but just understand with those seven moves, I've gone from minus $7 million in cap space to plus $33 million, essentially about $40 million of movement there. There's a great tool on overthecap.com helps you work through these things. It's called their salary cap calculator, and you can cut players and do all this and enter in all the contract numbers you want to really see how it works and how, how it all adds up. But those seven moves flip me to $33 million in cap space to start working some of the re-signing of my own players. And of course, priority number one for me is going to be Allen Robinson. We've talked at length about it on the podcast up to this point. I don't want to franchise tag him because if I franchise tag Allen Robinson, he is going to cost me $18 million on my salary cap right now. And that's a big chunk out of my 33, right? But if you sign Allen Robinson to a contract extension, like we talked about with Kyle Fuller and Akeem Hicks, you can make that first year salary cap number very low and make the remaining year's numbers much higher to be able to pay him later, but still get him at the value that he wants to. So I'm looking at about a five-year, $102 million contract with, you know, 50 to $60 million guaranteed. But when I work through the numbers at overthecap.com, I can get that first-year salary cap hit to down right around $4 million. So instead of the $18 million of the franchise tag that he would cost me in year one. I'm still giving him the mega contract extension, but I only have to count $4 million against the cap this year, and then it's going to be $21, 22000000 plus million in the remaining years of the deal. And of course, a five-year deal isn't a real five-year deal anymore. Really, it's about three years fully guaranteed with a couple of extra years added on there to just spread the salary cap hit over the full length of the contract, get him the money that he wants without bogging down all the salary cap space right now. Other guys, I'm going to re-sign Cordero Patterson, a similar kind of two-year, $10 million deal, lower that first-year cap hit a little bit down to about $4 million. Re-sign to Sean Gibson. I think the Bears can get him fairly cheap still. I think the new secondary coach they brought in, Mike Adams, will be a factor to keep to Sean Gibson because they were actually teammates for a year in Houston. So there's a familiarity there. There's a familiarity with the system, and I think the system will just get better as the coaching staff gets better, and I think Gibson should still come cheap. I'm hoping for a, a one-year, $3 million type deal. I'm re-signing Cairo Santos and Pat O'Donnell to three-year deals, relatively low cap hits, $2.5 and $1.5 million each for the two of them. And then veteran minimum deals for guys that'll take them, Brent Urban, Patrick Scales, Demetrius Harris, Deion Bush, Sherrick McManus, and also the cornerback, Artie Burns who spent all season on injured reserve, he'd come back on a minimum deal. That's some valuable potential cornerback depth. So 
All of those kind of guys fill in some of the cracks. Allen Robinson, of course, the big name, Patterson, a factor in there, Gibson as well, secures your starting safety once again, as well as all of your special teams guys. All of those moves, despite that being five major re-signs and another six veteran minimum type guys, it still leaves me with about $17 million in cap space for outside free agents or potential trades from other teams. We'll start adding to this Bears roster with our created cap space next on Locked On Bears. It appears the odds makers at betonline.ag were more or less expecting the massive contract for Dak Prescott to come through one way or another. Because with that deal in place, the odds for division futures for the NFC East really didn't shift at all. It's still Dallas Cowboys at the front at plus 115, Washington football team behind them at plus 300, and the Eagles and Giants pretty neck and neck at third and fourth in that division. But I know as some of these players start changing teams and the unexpected starts to happen, these odds at betonline.ag are going to start to fluctuate. So now's the time to get your money down and cash in on your NFL expertise. BetOnline.ag is the number one place we trust and the number one place we recommend. So sign up today for a free account and enter our promo code LOCKEDON to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. So we moved about $40 million in cap space around to free up that spot to re-sign a bunch of my own players, the guys that I feel like I really need around. And re-signing those guys took about $16 million out of that $33 million in cap space, leaves me sitting at around this $17 million number. But the problem is when you go through the offseason, you have to save some cap space to sign your rookie contracts, not just the guys that you draft, but also the pool of money you use on undrafted free agents. And you also have to keep some money around as sort of an emergency fund, rainy day money to be able to trade players or absorb players that you might cut or bring in late free agents along the way or anything expense-wise that might pop up. So typically you save four to five million dollars for the rookies and four to five million dollars in emergency funds. So when you take that out of your 17, you're kind of left around this $8 million left for bringing in outside players, not including the draft and and some of the later emergency fund. And so with the release of Bobby Massey, the release of Jimmy Graham, and of course the already done release of Buster Screen, big needs sitting at starting right tackle, of course, slot cornerback, of course, and still need to figure out this quarterback position. Could also use, I think, some added depth on the offensive line, maybe the defensive line, tight end, pass rusher, pretty much everywhere. (laughs) You can always use a little bit more depth. But when I started putting this offseason plan together, my number one focus, first and foremost, before I even started cutting players, restructuring, extending, and re-signing, was, okay, what is my plan for quarterback. And as I sit in the general manager chair, I look around and I say, okay, the Texans aren't budging right now on Deshaun Watson. I can't make that happen right now. And with the Seattle Seahawks, I don't think financially speaking, it will make sense for the Seahawks 
to trade Russell Wilson because if they trade Russell Wilson, they will have to owe about a $40 million dead cap hit. They just will lose $40 million of cap space instantly by trading him. I think there are some ways to restructure and get Russell Wilson to renegotiate his contract. But once you start getting Russell Wilson to renegotiate that contract to come to the Bears, it starts costing me a lot more money than it's going to currently cost based on Russell Wilson's deal. Essentially, somebody has to take a significant cap hit in that trade, and I, as the Chicago Bears, can't free up an extra 20-plus million dollars or whatever it's going to take on a potential restructure for Russell Wilson if the Seahawks are even going to agree to that, which I still feel like this is more of a power struggle public negotiation tool than it is an actual trade probability. So I sit here as Bears general manager and feel like Watson and Wilson are just not realistic options for me right now. They are ideal options. I would love to find ways to make them work, but I just don't think they're realistic options for me to be able to improve my team and also take Derek Carr out of the mix, take Dak Prescott out of the mix, and all of a sudden my quarterback options start to feel kind of gross. And we went through the quarterback tiers a little bit with Mark Schofield a few weeks ago on the podcast and kind of looked at it from the perspective of, okay, how many quarterback options are truly upgrades over Nick Foles? How many quarterbacks available this offseason will truly elevate the level of play of the players around them? And once you get past the Wilson, Watson, Carr, Prescotts, it's not very many players. Maybe Jameis Winston sometimes, but Jameis Winston also brings down the level of players around him. Cam Newton has kind of had some of that volatility. You're basically left with other safe-type options, boring guys like Nick Foles, or the extremely volatile swing-in-both-direction guys like Newton and Winston and others that don't really have you feeling super great about the consistency that you have at quarterback. So I'm left feeling a little bit stuck here, like... Am I really going to go out and pay free agent market value for Ryan Fitzpatrick, Jacoby Brissett, Andy Dalton, Tyrod Taylor? These guys, do they really make my offense noticeably better? Not not really. So I'm not going to pay any more than I have to to bring in any kind of quarterback. Any quarterback that's going to command more than a few million dollars, anything more than pretty close to veteran minimum, are just not going to be worth my investment. I think the Saints are probably going to bring Jameis Winston back and kind of take that one off. I think the Patriots may end up bringing Cam Newton back and kind of take that one off. And I'm left picking up from a bunch of different kind of mediocre, borderline starting veteran backup quarterbacks. And so I start to kind of look elsewhere in free agency. Okay, if I'm not going to be able to make a big quarterback upgrade, I better make sure... I am upgrading the rest of my team as best I can. I need a right tackle. I can't afford any of the top flight offensive linemen at this point because, again, I'm sitting on about a $7, $8 million range for outside free agents right now total for anybody I might bring in. So I use my, my resources of having Mike Pettin as a senior defensive assistant and say, you know what, let's go get Green Bay Packers offensive tackle Rick Wagner a guy that was kind of brought in as a swing tackle backup guy who filled in and played really well for them. You know, he was a starter for the Lions for a long time before that. He's a starting caliber NFL offensive tackle and filled in really well for them. He's a veteran. He's not 
great. He's not dominant by any means, but he can hold down that spot for a year or so as I try and figure out more of a long-term plan for both of my offensive tackle spots. And I can go from paying Bobby Massey too much money to paying Rick Wagner. I think I can get him on like a two-year, $9 million type deal. And I think I can get that first-year salary cap hit to take about $3 million of my cap space. I also look at the slot cornerback spot. Very important part of the defense nowadays. Need to do something better than I had with Buster Screen, but not a lot of money to do so. I look at a guy, a free agent, Nickel Roby Coleman. Coming off of a pretty down year with the Philadelphia Eagles, I think his value is going to be low. But prior to coming to the Eagles, he had three pretty strong years with the Los Angeles Rams in Brandon Staley's defense. And what are the Chicago Bears trying to run this this year with Sean Desai as defensive coordinator, trying to get back to that Brandon Staley, Vic Fangio style of defense. So I think it's the perfect scheme fit where Nickel Roby Coleman has thrived and where I think it could be a great value signing, a guy that will likely slip through the cracks compared to some of the other free agent cornerbacks. And I think I can get him on a pretty cheap one-year, $2 million type deal. Still have a few million dollars left, and I find myself at quarterback thinking bigger picture here and long-term and thinking ahead to the NFL draft and how I'd like to take a quarterback at some point in this draft, whether that's Mac Jones in the first round or you know a guy later on or whatever my options end up being, I'd like to take a quarterback. And I would like to leave that quarterback on the bench as long as possible and mentor that quarterback. And I can't help but put my Matt Nagy hat on here and sign Alex Smith to a one-year $3 million deal. I think that's about what Andy Dalton got last season. It's more than the veteran minimum, but it's not making you a highly paid backup. And Alex Smith can compete to start with Nick Foles and say, you know what, Alex, if you're fully recovered from your injury and you're ready to go, you can be the better quarterback. You know the system. Compete, win, be our starter. And Nick Foles can be your backup and your mentor to your rookie quarterback. Or if Foles wins week one, then he's your guy. Or if you have an injury, you feel like you have two potential starting caliber quarterbacks on your roster. Neither one that you feel amazing about, but both can be solid mentors to a potential rookie quarterback. And Alex Smith kind of slips through the cracks as the cheapest of the veterans available that I don't think he's going to get a ton of interest ahead of some of the other guys I mentioned. If you're looking for more of that safe, reliable starting quarterback option, there are younger, healthier options for other teams. But the Bears connection and the Matt Nagy connection and the fit on this team in a competition with Nick Foles, I think is about as good as I can do financially and, and for the future of my team and still sell myself on thinking I got a solid starting veteran quarterback with some upside. He could still get back to more of the Alex Smith that we saw for sure. And he's never going to be a superstar, but I like having him in my building as, again, a reliable backup, a mentor to a rookie quarterback, or a potential starter if he's playing well enough to beat out Nick Foles. It's not the quarterback splash that I want this offseason. It's not the big name. It's not the huge difference maker for my quarterback room. I don't see free agency and the trade market as my last opportunity to make that quarterback splash. We're going to swing for the fences as we go through a full seven-round mock draft next on Locked On Bears. So we've kind of had to go with the more affordable, cheaper parts for the Chicago Bears this offseason, but it's the kind of affordable and reliable parts that you can find for your vehicle 
at rockauto.com. They're a family business that have been serving auto parts customers online for over 20 years. I love just how unique and deep their online catalog is, but it's still really easy to navigate. You just search by your car's make and model, and then you can quickly sort between all the parts based on brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. And those prices are particularly important because a lot of the chain part stores will have different price tiers for the professional mechanics and the do-it-yourselfers like us. But rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody. So don't spend up to twice as much for the same parts. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. So, Alex Smith, Ricky Wagner, and Nickel Roby Coleman are not exactly the big time off season additions that are really going to shape the Chicago Bears' future. They're, they're guys that fill important roles and can be valuable and potential upgrades for this Bears team, but they don't really leave me feeling like I've made huge strides for my team. So I need to finish it out with a strong draft to really round out my roster and get this team that added talent that they need to be successful. But before I sat down and used the mock draft simulator at the Draft Network, I really wanted to figure out what I'm looking for at the quarterback position so I know what, what, can, what to expect, you know, when to draft and who can I draft and what kind of range, what kind of quarterbacks am I looking for. And as I go through this draft class, and I don't want to sit here and go through every single prospect individually, we will do plenty of that in the coming weeks and months here on Locked On Bears. But as we kind of, gla- let's gloss over the quarterback class real quickly. Of course, you got all the guys at the top. You hear, you hear a lot about Mac Jones from Alabama potentially being there for the Bears at 20. Kyle Trask from Florida, maybe in that range, maybe more of a second round guy there. And then a lot of guys with a lot of flaws that are very clearly not top quarterback options in this draft. You know, Jones an accurate passer, you know, an Alabama kid, but a little bit statuesque in the pocket, maybe kind of a limited ceiling there from what we've seen. Kyle Trask, some inconsistency there for his career and kind of turned it on late at Florida, but had a really, really good supporting cast, kind of like Mac Jones. You know, Davis Mills from Stanford had some upside, but again, maybe a little bit limited in just how great it could be and just how consistent. And you start to get to some of the other names, Kellen Mond, Jamie Newman, Sam Ellinger. I mean, these are just not quarterbacks that I feel like give me something potentially special. They're all potential Nick Foles guys. I mean, maybe they could be Derek Carr, but they're never going to be Deshaun Watson. They're never going to be Patrick Mahomes. They're just, you just know going in that those quarterbacks don't have some of those potential elite capabilities. So am I going to draft a quarterback here that is just maybe going to get me back to the Nick Foles, Alex Smith range, but younger. Like, I don't feel like that's a worthwhile investment. I mean, I want to have a young quarterback to develop and bring along and feel like I can get something better from eventually, but, like, I don't feel the need to use an early draft pick 
to only kind of get me closer, a younger version of what I already have. So I'm a little bit tired of settling. And I feel like if I'm Ryan Pace, yes, I can try and say we've made these upgrades and see things will be better, but I still feel like I need to make that move and also perhaps a move that will save my job and also set the Chicago Bears up for long-term success. So I start going through the mock draft simulator a little bit here. Of course, Trevor Lawrence, number one, Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, as you would expect. Number four, Zach Wilson to the Atlanta Falcons. Number six, Philadelphia Eagles, Justin Fields, quarterback, Ohio State. And then Lions pass on a quarterback, Panthers pass on a quarterback, Broncos pass on a quarterback at nine. We get to 10 in the Dallas Cowboys. And that's where I pause the mock draft simulator. And I look and say, okay, the San Francisco 49ers at 12 might be interested in taking a quarterback. Maybe the Vikings at 14. The Patriots at 15 certainly have an interest in a long-term quarterback option. Those are the main guys that stand between me at pick number 20 and whatever quarterback I may be interested in taking. And so I fire up the trade machine in the Draft Network mock draft simulator. I started with the Giants at number 11 just to get ahead of the 49ers, the kind of the first quarterback obstacle team. For whatever reason, in this simulator, Giants aren't interested really in trading down unless I send them the house. And I, I just, I can't trade all my picks. It's just, weirdly, the Giants really wanted to stick at that spot. So I got to go one sooner. Dallas Cowboys, pick number 10. And I strike a deal. My first round pick plus my second round pick, that's number 52 overall. And I had to throw in a sixth round pick, pick 205, to be able to move from pick 20 up to pick 10 to take North Dakota State quarterback Trey Lance. He is my swing for the fences. He's the quarterback left in this draft that I feel like at least has a chance to reach elite quarterback status. He has the high ceiling. There's a bust potential there, certainly, but he's one of the most fun and exciting quarterbacks in this draft. And if I'm going to take a chance on a rookie quarterback, I want the guy that can be elite, that can be special and can do special things. I don't want to take another Mitch Trubisky that might have limited potential ceiling there. I don't want to take Mac Jones and whatever he may be, whatever kind of slow white quarterback he may end up being. But Trey Lance is an elite athlete with an elite arm, great playmaking ability downfield. He can be that explosive quarterback option that, again, elevates the level of play of players around him. He's the only quarterback left in this draft, in my opinion, at this point, that could do that for my team. He solves, potentially, my long-term quarterback need. It's a lot to give up to move up there. I'm giving up my second-round pick and a, and a late-round, six-round pick to be able to do it, but quarterback is that important. And yes, he needs some work, and yes, he's coming from Division 1A, and there's a lot of risk involved, but you got to risk it to be able to get a potential quarterback like this, and he can sit for the whole year. Nick Foles and Alex Smith, if one of them gets hurt, I've got the other veteran there. I'm leaving both of them on the roster, and Trey Lance is quarterback three, and whichever quarterback is my backup is my assistant quarterback coach. They're my Chase Daniel to Mitch Trubisky, right? The, other, the starter can focus 100% on being the starter and winning me as many football games as, can, as he can. I don't want my starter to have to be half starter, half quarterback mentor. Now I've got a starter, a quarterback mentor, and my long-term answer 
for the quarterback position, the most exciting quarterback we may have ever seen up to that point with the Chicago Bears. So my splash is Trey Lance trading up to number 10, giving up my second-round pick, and then it's a long wait until my next pick. A familiar feeling, I think, for Chicago Bears fans on draft day. We get through the second round. I'm keeping my eye on offensive line depth in particular because that's really the other spot I'd like to address, get a long-term option at offensive tackle because eventually I'm going to need to change the guys that I have there. And I start to see some tackles come off the board. I make a trade up. Just give up a seventh-round pick to move up to the 76th pick instead of the middle of the third round there. And I grab Clemson offensive tackle Jackson Carmen, a fairly consistent multi-year starter for them. Not a high-end offensive tackle, but a guy who has some experience. You know he's going to come in and be a fairly pro-ready prospect. And he was really at his best against the best teams that Clemson played. There's some inconsistency there, but I feel like I can work with it and have a potential mid-level offensive line starter for the future. He doesn't have to start year one. He can compete with Ricky Wagner if he wants to, but realistically, he can be my backup tackle and eventually take over one of the two starting tackle spots in the very near future. So I got my quarterback. I got my future offensive tackle starter, but then the Bears don't have a fourth-round pick already. I already traded my second-round pick, and so I got to wait until the fifth round. And there, you know, then for me, it becomes best player available. There were a lot of edge rushers on the board. I went with Ellerson Smith from Northern Iowa, one of these, like, freak athlete edge rushers that needs to add some weight to be able to play the run defense but can really get after the quarterback. And I feel like Northern Iowa doesn't have nearly the nutrition and strength and conditioning program that the Bears were, so I'd, I'd be willing to kind of take that risk. Again, a fifth-round pick. Six rounds, some wide receiver depth there. So I went with Illinois wide receiver Josh Imaterbebe. He's got perhaps the most difficult-to-pronounce name in this entire draft. Illinois fans will recognize him for his elite size and speed combination in Illinois, but not necessarily a well-rounded wide receiver. But in the sixth round, I'm taking the big guy who can run fast and plugging him into Matt Nagy's offense and hopefully developing him along with Trey Lance to become some kind of explosive playmaker down the line. If not, it's a sixth-round pick. But those four picks is all I have because I traded two of them to move up in the first round, already didn't have a fourth-round pick, and then traded up the seventh-round pick to then move up in the third round. So four picks, Trey Lance at quarterback, Offensive tackle Jackson Carmen from Clemson, edge rusher Ellison Smith from Northern Iowa, and wide receiver Josh Imatorbebe from Illinois. I still don't think I'm pronouncing that name properly. But I'm left with a long-term quarterback option, some long-term hope on the offensive line. Generally, I think improvement there from last season, just with guys moved around a little bit, getting players in the proper position and everyone healthy. Long-term success at quarterback insured with another veteran option for this year as well. I think the Bears' defense gets back on track. And I don't feel like I've drastically upgraded the Chicago Bears, but I feel like I've done the best I can with limited financial resources and limited quarterback options that really fit me realistically. I've got my guy. I've got my future and my present at quarterback, and I feel very good about the direction of this team in 2021 and beyond, that there can be improvement this year. But more importantly, I have a long-term answer without having to completely mortgage all of my financial future and draft future to get somebody like Deshaun Watson or Russell Wilson. I've got all my future draft picks still in place. 
All I had to give up was a second-round pick to move up. It's a lot, but it's worth it, and it's less than I would have had to give up for obviously more of a sure thing for one of the other potential elite quarterbacks that were available. But I think Trey Lance is my best shot at getting a potentially elite quarterback in this draft. He doesn't have to see the field at all this season. Maybe he doesn't have to see the field at all next season. You can bring him along as slowly as you possibly can to get him ready to take over and be your long-term future and maybe the best quarterback in Chicago Bears history. That's my full Chicago Bears mock offseason. Obviously, I think if I could start the mock offseason from January 1st, I might fire my general manager and head coach, but I, I took the constraints of where we are now and put myself in Ryan Pace's shoes as opposed to George McCaskey or Ted Phillips' shoes. So it kind of gives you a sense of the different dynamics and restrictions that might be at play here, kind of the limited resources and other things that you might be working with. You can always create a little bit more cap space to make a move slightly differently here or there. So it becomes a little bit harder when you start adding big, big numbers from big, big quarterbacks, but it just doesn't seem like financially for both teams involved that that type of a splash play is going to be a likelihood, but you can still make that splash in the NFL draft, and that's exactly what I'm doing if I'm Ryan Pace. I'd be curious to know what you think about it. Let us know on Twitter at Locked on Bears or join in the discussion in the Locked on Bears Facebook group. And while you're at it, make sure that you're subscribed to the Locked on Bears podcast to keep up with all of our daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. On tomorrow's show, we're going to spend a little bit more quality time with the Bears' own free agents and play a little game with Zach Pearson from BearReport.com, kind of go through what the Bears should do with some of their own free agents, who they should bring back, and who they should let go. So we'll have some fun with that, and we'll get your Bears free agency previews really rolling here so we're all ready for next week when the contracts start coming out. So I hope you'll follow along with us. Hope you enjoyed our little exercise today, and I hope more than anything, it helps you bear down. Bear down.